up, NBA fans? It's our first podcast episode of the 2023-2024 NBA season. We are a few weeks in now, and we got the in-season tournament in full swing. We got Jordan Poole throwing off the backboard alley-oops to Kyle Kuzma despite being down 20. Got Giannis <laughs> igniting for 50, over 50 in Mexico City. We got the 76ers at 6-1. Uh, we got a few surprises here as well as some losers here with one, namely the Chicago Bulls, calling a team meeting after their first game. Lots of surprises and uh, head scratchers here in the season so far. But, Sean, what's, what's been your reaction so far to this season? It's been a really interesting start to the season, on. I think every year there's going to be teams that surprise us and come out of the gates early. Last year it was the Utah Jazz, it was the Portland Trailblazers. Um, so it's up to us to figure out like which of these teams are real, which of these teams are not. Uh, it's going to be kind of a moving target as we get through these first 10, 15 games of the season. But yeah, I already had a blockbuster trade in the first two weeks. That's pretty intense. And yeah. some crazy performances from some guys that uh, we're not used to seeing it from. So yeah, excited to just dive into all of it. I just, yeah, I-, I love being able to talk about basketball again, man. It's been way too long. Yeah. Definitely, same here. And, uh, you know, in terms of the losers category, I forgot to, to acknowledge this, too, is that we, we saw the Memphis Grizzlies get their first win just a few oh, days yeah. ago. And really that, <laughs> that, that was a bit scary. It really felt like this team was going to go down 0-8 for, for a little bit there. That Man, if they were still winless, that would be, yeah, I feel like we would be, like, full panic mode. But because they got one win, we're, like, holding off a little bit. But I think it's but, still it's still panic mode in Memphis right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And another surprise, just to call one out, is Dallas Mavericks. To me personally, six six and two, sitting sitting at second in the Western Conference. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise for me. But uh, let's just jump into it. James Harden finally actually gets traded here uh, after it sounds like a big push from Seventy Sixers ownership to just get it done and get him off the team. So the Clippers get James Harden, PJ Tucker. 76ers get Marquise Morris, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, KJ Martin, 2028 unprotected first round pick and a pick swap. Uh, just total pocket change. like a t- <laughs> Just like a big old bag of pocket change to the 76ers and the Clippers get a, a nice crisp $10 bill out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that. Yeah, did not play that one up very much. But I mean, if you're the Clippers, like this is the deal that you take to get James Harden. You yep. know, they're talking about getting Terrence Mann in there, talking about getting two unprotected first round draft picks in there. And they end up getting away with getting rid of a lot of guys that were kind of just hanging around and on expiring yeah. deals. And, you know, Nick- Nicholas Batum is is probably the piece that the Clippers will miss the most. He actually has right. had some pretty good playoff performances, some very good regular season performances for us as like a good glue guy, small ball center against a lot of uh, lineups and he he still has some juice left in his his mid-30s so we might miss him a little bit hopefully pj tucker fills that role but yeah james harden's here and he certainly arrived with a splash of a puddle more than a a cannonball in a lake (laughs) yeah i don't know why i've been watching basketball for so many years now and i know there's always a rough period especially when you add a piece like that but I was still really excited for that New York Knicks game to watch him, you know, debut. But yeah, it was wasn't super impressive or anything. But they've been on a roll here. It looks like they're starting to try to figure it out. I think if there's a guy who can do that, it's 
it's Tyron Liu, but they do have that basically L.A. vet all-star starting lineup <laughs> with Kawhi Leonard growing up in Southern California, Paul George, Westbrook, and, mm-hmm. and Harden as well. So it, it, it's, it's pretty awesome, you know? I'm not going to lie. I feel like for as much as I haven't really watched or cheered on the, the Clippers, I actually feel excited about this team. I want to be excited too. These first two games haven't exactly given us a huge mm-hmm. reason to be excited. And you see a little bit of, you know, what Harden used to be, but it's just not consistently throughout the game. And yeah, I think this this could take a while to figure out. I, you got a lot of mouths to feed there obviously. You already have calls for Westbrook to just be off the bench as the six-man role and leading mm-hmm. the second unit. It's hard to know if that's the right thing to say or not. Seems like Kawhi Leonard's having a hard time figuring out how to make himself the focal point of the offense. And yeah, it, it's it's tough, man. And it's it's hard not to see the Clippers as just a LA superstar retirement home at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm I'm a little afraid that they're not here to win. They're just here because it's an easy path to get back to your hometown and just retire easy. <laughs> yeah, collect some paychecks before you actually yeah, call it call right. it quits. That is that is true. And I mean, I was just thinking about this. Like every time there's a, there's this excitement of all former all stars well into their mid thirties, it just seems like it's never worked out. Um, right, the Houston, starting yeah. with the Houston Rockets way back, Charles Barkley, Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. Hakeem Olajuwon, the Laker, the all the many Laker experiments. Of rounding out a bunch of yeah, Steve dudes Nash, in their Carl Malone, Steve, yeah, so a bunch of dudes in their mid thirties. Like it just never seems to work out. Um, so it feels like this might be another one of those, Sean. But yeah, is there any reason to believe in it? Do you see it? Do you see a path forward to be, to believe in this team? I mean, the reason you believe in it is because before James Harden got there, we were three and two, and mm-hmm. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard look fully healthy and. They were shooting the lights out to start the season. So, yeah. the yeah, the, there is the small hope that, like, once they figure it out, they'll get back to that same efficiency and they'll have someone distributing them the ball better than they had it before. But, yeah, for now, I, I think it's just we're going to sit sit around for, like, 10, 15 games, hope they figure it out by then. We might have a pretty bad losing record by that point, honestly. I, mm-hmm. I could see this team being, like, 8-12. and 12. You know, by the time we get mm-hmm. 20 games into the season, would not be surprised. But you kind of hope for that you know, late season 2022 Lakers push at this point uh-huh. because, yeah, I just I, I don't think this is going to be a very easy transition. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, the fact that the Clippers were able to hang on to Terrence Mann, Zubak, and Mason Plumley may also be good signs. You may be able to swap those guys for something else that you could end up needing later on in the season, too. Yeah, I'm afraid their buyout market's going to be more of the same, though. They'll probably get some old guy mm-hmm. that <laughs> probably shouldn't be there anymore. But I don't know. It'll it'll be fun to watch, though. I, I still think it's still like primetime basketball to see James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook, honestly, all on the floor together. Uh, it's just it's just cool for basketball fans to see, at the very least. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not excited. Um, I'm very <laughs> I'm very cautious. Um, so yeah, it is what it is, but I mean, for the Sixers, they seem to have handled the drama really well on the other end. And I mean, you get a few guys that like, 
you build them around Maxi and Embiid, and, and there's some guys that can they can just play and do what you need them to do. Like Batum can be your spot up three, you know, defend multiple positions. Covington can do the same thing, and yeah, it just opens up the floor a lot for Embiid to operate. I, I think they'll end up being not too much different than last year. Yeah, yeah, you get guys that are just they're just looking to play their role and and win some basketball games, which. At the sem- with the 76ers sitting at 6-1 and one right now, and they got Kelly Oubre Jr., yeah, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, <laughs> and Tobias Harris also is looking like he's having a bit of a resurgence here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, They look like they actually – they looks like they never actually needed James Harden at this point. <laughs> yeah. But it is, the re- it is only the start of the season, so we'll see where that balances out. I think that this is going to be a team that has a really good regular season. My mm-hmm. question, yeah, maybe you've thought about this a little bit, is is this team able to contend against playoff teams? Is this a team that can make the title still? I don't think so, no. I still yeah. I still think that they're – I think they can go to the second round, but I, I just cannot see them knocking out the, the Celtics or the Bucks. Like yeah. one of those two – one of those two guys are going to get in their way. Unless they somehow manage – this is where the seeding is going to be so crucial. If they somehow manage to take the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, void the Bucks or the Celtics, they might be able to get to the conference finals. I still don't think they can get, come out of there, but you just never know. They're going yeah. to need all the ducks to all. All they're going to need everything to go their way. Right. I I think there honestly is a chance they get the one seed. I mean, we've seen them dominate multiple teams yeah. already in, in just a what seven games they've played and yeah I think, I think there was a game where mb didn't even have to play in the fourth quarter at all because they're just uh-huh. crushing the wizards and so I, I could definitely see this team winning like 55 regular season games like they're built mm-hmm. to win in the regular season but they just i don't think they have that extra gear um in the playoffs yeah in the playoffs so yeah i think conference finals is probably that's probably the peak for them yeah I uh, that uh, if they yeah they could probably get that they they have a chance at the first seed they Which have that would, continuity that would be Embiid's best finish ever if they made the conference mm-hmm. finals right yeah exactly I think I think the only reason they haven't been able to sort of walk away with the number one seed has been Joel Embiid's health like I think yeah. if he can have that healthy. 75 80 game mm-hmm. season which is kind of crazy but you <laughs> you that's what you need you need that yeah to get something like the number one seed. Uh, if he can right have now. that, yeah, yeah, yeah it seems like the there's no way. Yeah. yeah. It seems like there's no way they can't get that, that number one seed. I know they have to be thinking about that strategically too within their oh, own for room, sure. I imagine. Yeah. That means so much to them to get the one seed, have, have the bucks or the Celtics knock each other out. That'd be mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jumping from that is three biggest winners of the regular season so far. I always love doing this because it's mm-hmm. just I feel like there's always just some diamonds in the rough here. But Scotty Barnes, man, Oof. like he he <laughs> has been balling. We talked about this team Toronto not very much because we just didn't really know what to say when previewing this franchise because they didn't make any moves during the the they didn't make any they moves made a very important move actually. <laughs> Unless we forget Dennis Schroeder having a great start to the season. Yeah, you almost almost scared me for a second. I was like, did they make a big trade? I thought, yeah, because the storyline for them was more so the fact that they lost Fred Van Fleet. They didn't really make any other moves for their other pieces, but they brought in Dennis Schroeder, who obviously looked like a downgrade from Fred Van Fleet. But 
man, Dennis Schroeder is balling <laughs> out there, and Scotty Barnes is also flourishing. Maybe, maybe Masai Ujiri knew exactly what he was doing the whole time here. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so crazy to see a jump like this. This is Laurie Markkinen levels of improvement across the board for Scotty Barnes. Yeah. And a guy that, like, we thought this was the jump that he was going to have last year, really stagnated, didn't really improve in any statistical category, really seeded that top dog spot to Pascal Siakam. But I think after seeing how things went last year, they're going with this different route. They have a new head coach, and, like, Scotty Barnes, you're the guy. And, man, has he responded. I mean, mm-hmm. going through the statisticals, he's averaging 21.5 points a game this year so far. That's four points increase from last year. 38% from three, that's a 10% increase from last year. He's only 28% last year. Also averaging double-digit rebounds, six assists, one, and this is the crazy part, one and a half steals a game and 2.1 blocks a game. Just mm-hmm. filling it up across the board, offense, defense, He's doing everything out there for this team. Uh-huh. And if he – it's his his to lose for most improved player of the year because th- these stats are so crazy to see someone improve like this out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't think anybody had him as a potential candidate for most improved player. I feel bad. I feel like most most of us, most NBA fans kind of wrote him off. Yeah, that, like, uh, yeah I mean, we, we gave up on him after one year. We're like, oh, he didn't do it. So, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, yeah, and I think, and I do wonder if it was just that coaching change. I mean, there was those weird quotes towards the end of the year where Messiah Jure was uh, hinting at selfishness within the mm. team and yeah. um, guys just not being motivated by the right thing. So who was, did they just need a hard reset and that hard reset was firing Nick Nurse, bringing somebody else in? I don't know, something, something, something changed without really completely changing the locker room. Or was it? Just the fact that you brought in an actual point guard here with Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I'm sure it helps, but I think it's more about just giving Scotty Barnes more free reign over the team. And mm-hmm. it, this is all to say, like, he's having himself a great year, but the Raptors are still 4-4. Four and four. Like, <laughs> it's not like they're doing anything, like, that different from last year. Um, they're just going through a new number one option. And it's just mm-hmm. it's cool to see that... You know, when he gets this increased usage that he's actually making the most of it. Um, but, yeah, is it translating to wins? Not quite yet. Um, yeah. But really cool to see, man. Like, this this guy's becoming an all-star, like, right yeah. away. Yeah. Second, the other name is Tyrese Maxey. I mean, no, I think he was someone that we were all penciling in yeah. as, like, a potential breakout year. Or the question was, is the talent there to actually even take advantage of the bre- of a breakout year and the opportunities that would come to him if James Harden was gone and Tyrese Maxey didn't wait for James Harden to get traded he <laughs> he just went out there and played his game and he's been out there 25 points a game uh candidate for the 50 40 90 club I mean when you join that that's an elite club of scorers slash shooters in the NBA especially off over 20 points a game yeah there are many research. guys like that in the league <laughs> no yeah that's it's rare rare to be a 50 40 90 guy with yeah that with as much usage as maxi has and the other big thing for maxi is that with these new kind of point guard duties with james harden not there it was wondering like can he facilitate the offense mm-hmm. you know can he be that guy and so far yes I mean, he's averaging seven assists a game which is pretty much double what he had last year 
So give him the rock. He's he's able to play make himself. He's able to facilitate. And yeah, he just he's really made the leap. He's going to be a max contract guy after this year. There's just no question about it. The Sixers would be so dumb to not sign him to a mm-hmm. max deal after this year. He he is an all-star at this point and making it seem like James Harden was never even there. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like they somehow did end up getting the better end of the deal, taking that weight off, the drama off this team and just just getting back to the basics of playing basketball here with the with the roster that they have. Um sec third name here. I know Sean this is a favorite. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a favorite for both of us, Alfred and Singoon. We <laughs> Sort of knew that this guy was actually the more talented dude on this Houston Rockets yes. roster. And finally, I don't know what was going on with Steven Siles, but like his the way he would play this the, the the players or like the minutes distribution last year on the Rockets made no sense. And Aduko yeah. here is just giving the minutes and the usage to the guys that can actually do something with it. Yeah. Offering Saguna has responded positively to it. Yeah, it's been night and day, honestly. I mean, this this was a guy that was having to split minutes with Bruno Fernando last year. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that name. But it's yeah. like how how is this po- like Shangun is so much better. Um, and we we have an analogy in, internally here at the Second Stringers where we we categorize our our playmaking centers based off of uh, Charmeleon evolutions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where Jokic is like the peak, right? So he's Charizard. Yeah. Um, a guy like Sabonis, you know, little step down. He's like a Charmeleon, and and Shengun, he was a Charmander last year, right? Yeah. Like we, we knew, we knew that like he he is that guy. He is a ball handling big man. He can do it all, but like his numbers and his usage were a lot lower. And this was the year where where I think me and you were both on the same page. Like this is where he becomes a Charmeleon. Yep. <laughs> and he's yeah. doing it. He's doing it. He he's going toe to toe with Sabonis. They had two head to head matchups where he actually dominated Sabonis. He actually made him mm. look like the Charmander. And averaging 18 points a game this year, eight rebounds, six and a half assists on 60% shooting. And a lot of these games, like they're winning. They're, they're playing winning mm-hmm. basketball now. They're four and three so far this year. I'd say that's a pretty big surprise, honestly. Yep. After a zero and three start, we're like, yep, Rockets yep. are back at the bottom. But yeah, just with Sengun playing as well as he is, I mean, it's going to translate to wins. Yeah. And also on the Rockets point, they brought it to the Lakers last night. And, uh, oh my gosh, uh, yeah, and to, yeah, not to bring up to, bad yeah. news, but <laughs> I, but I mean, I just have to bring it because you're talking about the record. Like that's the win that got them over 500 that has yeah. them sitting over 500 right now, probably for the first time in like three years. Yeah. Just totally rocked them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with the, with the roster. I mean, with their success so far, cause the Rockets were a laughing stock, uh, <laughs> back in September across the NBA, across national TV, like, so for them to be doing this and Segun to be, uh, you know, at the air is pretty, pretty, pretty sweet here for this for this young guy, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think I think by uh, I guess association, Dylan Brooks is technically a winner too because yeah, uh, he's playing well. They have a better record than the Lakers. He got to <laughs> lock up LeBron, quote unquote. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's 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 winning against the haters. <laughs> yeah yeah he he's he's actually doing some damage out there in houston i mean he had a poor game yesterday or today uh or yesterday yeah and then the, and then the rockets played the lakers t- two days ago i believe if i have my days correct i don't know i'm forgetting but 
Yeah. But yeah. Is there, is there any other uh, honorary mentions for winners for you, Alan? Anyone else you're like really excited about as we start the season here? Oh, I'm trying to think. Winners here so far. I'm that I've been surprised by. I gotta say, Mark Cuban, man, because ah, and I said it at the yeah. start here, <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, and for them to be at six, six, six and two with a winning yeah, record really here, and good. and Kyrie Irving, I think has missed one game so far, but he's been there, and it's no headlines so far. Uh, I gotta think this guy is pretty happy right now because I think Mark Cuban was a bit nervous heading into the season. I think all Dallas fans were, mm-hmm. and basketball fans, we were sort of observing as in like, what the hell is going on in in Dallas with the the signings that they're making and the the lack of of moves that it seems like they could possibly make to make their team better and taking that yeah. Kyrie Irving gamble. So far, it, it's it's not looking too bad, right? Like I think we projected Dallas to to sort of hover into in the play in tournament mm-hmm. area. Um, they can still easily fall there, but so far <laughs> out of the gates, they're not looking too bad. Yeah. They're definitely setting themselves up. Well, uh, I, I, I think it's, it's a good thing that we're finally seeing Luca have some success. And this mm-hmm. is a guy who's, I mean, he's been trying in Dallas since he got into the league. And I think this is at least giving him hope that like, Hey, maybe we actually finally have a team that can compete. And so yeah. he's playing some of his best basketball. We'll get into him a little bit later too, but yeah, yeah, I'd say that definitely deserves an honorary mention. Yeah, do you have an honorary mention here, Sean? Oh man, yeah, not not outside of these guys very much. I might I might throw in a couple a couple big men. Big men are starting to take over the league. I'd say yeah. overall, if if I'm saying just winners in general, it's becoming a center dominated league again. Yes, I mean, it is. obviously it has been over the last few years at the very top with Jokic and Embiid, but now you have guys like Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, like mm-hmm. guys that like these, you, you've never heard of these guys before, but they're playing such good basketball and super efficient and they're putting up big numbers again. You got Wemby in the league now, you got Chet and they're both off to great starts. Like the big man is back. Yeah, and that that is how the league's going to be run for I think the next five years. We've we've kind of gone out of the Steph Curry era and into the big man era again. Yeah, I mean basketball is a big man's game. I think at some <laughs> point it, the, it was going to swing swing back the swing back the other way. Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a good shout. I yeah. mean, you even have guys like uh, yeah Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert also yeah. having mm-hmm. a, a bit of a resurgence here. So yeah, Bam Adebayo's looking good. Um, and everyone wants to be a big man. Even the little guys want to be big men because the too short kind of, you know, I don't want to say taunt, but it is kind of like a taunt. The too short taunt is like the most in thing right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah, agree. Yeah. You call them too small. That's that's the best thing you can do right now. Um, even if yeah. it gets you ejected from the game like Giannis did the other day, which was pretty petty. <laughs> but... <laughs> I forgot about that. I was going to mention that at the top when we started, but I totally forgot about that one. But yeah, that's <laughs> that was a soft ejection. But so soft. three, three biggest losers so far. Uh, man, I did not think this guy's name would be here. I think this is also a bit of a surprise. But Scoot oh, Henderson yeah. has struggled, struggled hard, and now he's injured. And Shaden Sharp is totally just taking the guard mantle right now in Portland. Mm-hmm. 
And, yeah. But Scoot Henderson, eight points a game, two rebounds, two assists, and just looks confused out there, just taking wild shots and hit brick and everything. And kind of just like the whole Blazers team just looks like night and day since he's been out of the lineup. Like it just seemed mm-hmm. like he just caused his disarray with the whole the whole lineup. I'm definitely maxing out my league pass, by the way, because I have been watching <laughs> Blazer games, Hornets wow. games, all these <laughs> random teams. That's how I, that's how I know about what this team is is looked like with with Scoot Henderson and then without Scoot Henderson. Yeah, I've watched I've watched a Blazers game this year, and yeah, Shaden Sharp does look like the real deal. I didn't actually see any games where Scoot Henderson's played. Um, mm-hmm. I've just seen the numbers in the box score, but it uh, it is pretty disappointing. I'm not going to count him out yet, obviously, because no. it's way too early. He's only played five games in the, until he sustained that ankle injury. But I did not expect him to struggle this much out of the gates. I, I yeah, thought that I, he would just, you know, he'd have high usage. I, I figured he might shoot 34% from the field, which he's doing. But I thought he'd have way higher usage. I thought he'd have way more assists, be more energy. Um, maybe it's jitters. Maybe he's just small amongst mm-hmm. like you know a sea of big men and trying to figure it out playing against real dudes so yeah i, I i'm not gonna give up hope i think i think he'll figure it out before we get to 2024 like i think once he gets back from this injury obviously give him give him a month and i well i think we'll see these numbers pick up a lot yeah yeah i hope so i mean the way he dominated summer league he did so well in summer league did so well in the g league side like I thought he was more; he'd be more ready, but obviously, right. yeah, no knock on his future trajectory. But yeah, I mean, totally making us. Brandon Miller on the other side is totally making us, you know, eat our words here because we had so we were so <laughs> totally on the storyline that. Chet uh, this is what I thought Brandon Scoot. Miller would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where I thought Brandon Miller was going to be, but Brandon Miller's looking pretty decent out there. As a, he's decent, for, yeah. For being, yeah, it's like I don't see any star power in Brandon Miller still. Yeah. But, like, he looks like he could have, like, a nice long NBA career at this point. Like, just being a, either a six-man off the bench or, like, a solid, you know, wing 3-and-D guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Julius Randle, rough start. The rough. whole Knicks, the whole Knicks <laughs> team has just had a, had a rough start Except this year. Except for R.J. Barrett. Yeah, they're 4-4 four and four now, but those first few games were, like, it, there was a lot of questioning on whether the this team could actually repeat the success of last year. Uh, yeah, you you've been you've been a lot closer to, to Randall here. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it was was a pretty uh, high draft pick for me in fantasy. Uh, I'd seen the consistency over the last few years. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna take a swing at him, get some consistency myself. Uh, turns out that has not been the case so far. Really rough start, only averaging 16 and a half points a game. Shooting thirty-one percent from the field and sixty-six percent from the line, and we're just slowly now starting to see maybe he's coming out of this funk. Uh, his last two mm-hmm. games have been a lot better um, than his first five or six, so I'm hoping that this is the end of it. But yeah, it has been very rough so far for Julius Randle. I mean, he just he doesn't look like he is really all there. Like, I've seen a couple Knicks games, because they, I swear, they have the Knicks on, like, almost every other night on national TV. (laughs) You don't even have to tune into League Pass to watch them. And he is trying to be the entire offense. He, You have multiple offensive possessions where he's just, you know, trying to create for himself. 
he chucks up a bad shot and that's the possession and on defense he's barely trying out there he's in position to get a rebound he gets he gets out energied for lack of a better term yeah like he's just he's not hustling he's not hustling out there and so maybe he's finally starting to get it his last two games have looked better but man the games i've seen him play it has been rough yeah, I mean, you just totally described the whole Randall experience, and I think <laughs> the biggest complaint that like Knicks fans have had for the last few years, because he does the exact same thing regardless of how his game is doing, dominates the ball, has those crazy drives, takes those shots, except for some reason last year and the year before that, he was like knocking them down, but right. all the other years prior to that, and then this year is, is almost a, a regression back to that, but... It's Randall, but it's also this whole team in general. Right now, the New York Knicks are dead last in field goal percentage at 41 uh, as a team. Randall, like you said, Sean's shooting 31. Jalen Brunson at 40%. R.J. Barrett is the only one that's close to sniffing 50% at 47. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, something's going on in New York that they just cannot find uh, find the bottom of the net here. Yeah, I mean, they've been able to salvage the last two, so they're 4-4. Four and four. So they'll probably be okay if Randall can pick it up. But, man, he better pick yeah. it up soon. <laughs> yeah. This next, I want to talk about this guy yeah, here. Yeah, let's Jordan, dude. <laughs> Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole and the Washington Wizards, the traveling circus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As we thought I, they'd be. Yeah. Be I ne- I, yeah, I never believed in the pool hype. I never believed in this guy. <laughs> this guy just never really struck me as he looked. He struck me as a great one-on-one basketball player, but never struck me as an actual good team basketball player. Uh, and I mean, also, th- ah, the dude carries the ball every other possession. It seems, <laughs> uh, but the NBA will never st- call that for whatever reason. But yeah. anyways, Jordan Poole, seventeen points a game. 41% shooting, 31% from three. Uh, and just, I mean, the backboard alley-oop pass to Kyle Kuzma when they're down 20. He had this <laughs> one shot that's been going around where he, like, shoots. And he tries to do the whole, like, Steph Curry, like, oh, turns around. Oh, turn around, yeah. Yeah, the turnaround before the shot goes in. But oh. obviously his shot does not go in. <laughs> Which one's worse, that or the Nick Young Swaggy P on the Lakers from the top of the key, he shot the three and started walking back to the other side oh, as if he made it. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is way that worse. That was worse. Because, the, 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 oh, the, yeah. the Nick Young one is a meme. Uh, you've probably it's seen meme. it before. It's a meme. Yeah. <laughs> but but Nick but Nick Young's likable. It's funny, you know. He's he's just like he's like the yeah, he's like the clown that shows up to your kid's birthday party and everybody's <laughs> cheers and everyone's having fun. And you're just like, oh yeah, this guy's cool, you know. He's like, he's he's making the kids happy. Yeah. Uncle, Uncle P, right? That's what they call him yeah. when he's on the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, J- Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's the clown who gets horrible reviews on Yelp, and like, <laughs> it's the guy you only order because you waited way too long to get the clown to your oh, kids' birthday party. He's creeping the kids out, man. Yeah, he's creeping the kids out. Yeah, he's creeping the moms out. That stash isn't helping his case either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he and he keeps messing up the magic tricks. And- like what what is this guy doing here (laughs) (laughs) this it's just so sad because he averaged 20 points a game for the warriors last year as a sixth man when he's like what the third option on the team and now you you give him the keys to the castle so to speak and he's averaging way less points he's letting kuzma be the top dog on this team despite him Mm -hmm. just getting this like 30 million dollar a year contract 
and it's just yeah it it makes no sense to me like how this guy became like a second round draft pick in fantasy too because everyone thought like oh Mm -hmm. maybe he's gonna be most improved player he's gonna be the one that averages 25 points a game not maxi you know yeah and it's just it's a complete reversal and and jordan Poole is just not the guy he's just not yeah what's crazy too is that he's getting paid max money it's it's, i mean it's not max money it's not like 50 million dollars a year but it's it's too much money it's too much money yeah 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 warriors look very smart warriors look very smart right now like at first like chris paul like ah he's old doesn't make sense but i mean chris paul's given that warriors bench a positive plus minus which is like the first time ever in the steph curry era and that's true jordan Poole's looking awful and it's like man this was such a good trade for them (laughs) yeah exactly uh another this isn't this isn't the one of part of our three losers but an honorary mention has to go to the chicago bulls team i mean we knew they were going to struggle but the whole team meeting after the first game they're sitting at three and six like this season looks like it's on its way to being a bigger disaster than than last year was i mean last year they at least hovered close to 500 most of the year this this year just looks like it might just be over and it's time to actually just figure out what are the trade pieces you can you can ship out we've been saying it for since last season man like they should have done something last trade deadline they should have done something in the off season now they got to do something now it's just like how long can you just continue to pay all these guys i'm pretty sure this is a luxury tax team somehow (laughs) you know a luxury tax team where you're just terrible and it's just you can't continue like this so and you got to put everything like you got to blow up the whole thing at this point like maybe last year i was thinking okay like zach levine you can keep him around like he's a guy at least you have a good piece that you can start with but even now like now looking at it i think zach levine's available too i i think the whole team is available you get anything you can you blow up the whole team and start from scratch and try to build in the draft try to get some free agents maybe try to get some young talent back for DeRozan for for Vucevic yeah this yeah. is just a disaster of a team yeah do what you probably should have done like four years ago uh hit reset <laughs> and get, get some young talent um here's another honorary mention is Andrew Wiggins man oh What's what the hell's going on with Andrew Wiggins? I have no idea. Do you think there's like something else going on there? Like, there's got to be like an off court issue. Yeah, it's just like there a mental block because there's just no way he just he, he's just this bad. Like, we know he's better than this. He's not at the edge of his career yet. Is he even thirty no. years old? No, he's twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Prime basketball. Yeah. So there's yeah there's seriously something seriously wrong. I, I hope everything's okay. I'm sure he's pl- playing through some sort of mental struggle because there, there's no other explanation for it. Yeah, I mean, he looks healthy, but this is like the type of regression you see from a guy coming back from a major injury, right? Yeah, or, yeah, like a Chris Middleton like, type of thing. Yeah, or it's like, I don't know, this, for some reason Lance Stevenson my name <laughs> comes to mind where he, for whatever reason, the Pacers organization loved him and gave him 30 minutes a game. He gets mm-hmm. traded. The next franchise realizes this. This guy only. Yep, he's this cooked. guy only needs like yeah. This guy only needs fifteen minutes a game. <laughs> Thirty. Uh, 
So like, but yeah, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is gone. 17 points a game last, last year, 10 points this year, 40% shooting, 15% three point shooting. Uh, yeah, it's, he's just ineffective out there. Yeah, there, there's got to be something there. I, I know he was dealing with something last year off the court, right? Like, I don't know if it was maybe yeah. a death in the family or something like that. I have to wonder if there's just there's something there. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, there's no way he's playing this bad for no reason. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah hopefully everything's I, okay. Yeah, early on it seemed like maybe Kaminga was ready to take that next step and take those minutes from him. But, I mean, Kaminga's doing well but he's not doing that like that well. yeah like him and moody like they they seem like they're actually serviceable now and i, and I think that's a definitely huge credit to chris paul uh, chris paul mm-hmm. is just he's one of those guys that that brings up the players around him like he just yeah he knows he knows where to find people in their spots he's so smart one of the highest basketball iqs ever i have to think that's part of it too um yeah but yeah, Wiggins. I mean, they're they're winning despite him not playing very well. But they're gonna need him if they want to compete for the title. For sure, biggest surprise of the year so far for me. I put 76ers at six and one. We talked about the 76ers quite a bit here, but Kelly Oubre Jr. is a piece of that. <laughs> like this guy has found himself. He rejuvenated his NBA career. Like this guy looked yeah. like he was maybe just gonna you know slowly wither away out of the out of the league off just one year journeyman type of deals but he's become a decent fourth option for this franchise 17 points a game both him and Tyrese are shooting uh over 40 percent from three is that sustainable I don't know if it is definitely probably not for Ubre Jr maybe for Maxi but still like fan great start to the year and I, I did not see the Sixers starting six and one I definitely thought mm-hmm. the Harden stuff would weigh them down <laughs> and they'd be like at 500 right now yeah they've shown a lot of mental resiliency for sure and, and kelly Ubre stepping up and being this you know high energy scoring option has been huge for them in these wins this is a guy that, that he wasn't even signed until what a few weeks before the season started that's he right was, that's he was right. not a free agent that was like picked up at the at the very start of free agency or even for the first month of free agency so mm-hmm. yeah, awesome for him to you know, really have that chip on your shoulder and just go out there and ball. And yeah, th- I yeah. mean, obviously Tobias Harris, like we mentioned before, being a big aspect of, of them improving and staying uh, atop the Eastern Conference. And Bead looks great. And yeah, I think the Sixers are in for a really good run here. My biggest surprise is another team we've already mentioned too. Is the Rockets? I yeah. I am shocked that they have a winning record right now. I, I still don't think it's going to last. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> but it is, it's very interesting to see them having some success with a team that just didn't seem like it was going to be able to figure it out. But maybe coaching really is just that important. Like Ime Udoka, for you know whatever you want to think about him off the court, he is a good NBA coach, and he knows how to coach basketball. And he has these guys playing it in a winning way. And so very surprising for me. Yeah, so at four and three, you think they're the biggest bluff right now, Sean? That's a great question. Yeah, if we want to four and three yeah, in the six go into that, are they the biggest bluff? Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's close between them and the Pacers right now mm-hmm. because the Pacers are six and three. That's very impressive right now too. Um, yeah, they. I I don't think that's gonna last, but yeah, I'd say they're definitely up there. Yeah, for sure. I, I I'd agree. <laughs> on the on the rockets point for sure uh big deal of forgetful i mean this this the, the these are some these are some 
few few big names here. Yeah. First one, De'Aaron Fox, out a few weeks with an ankle sprain. This has been pretty crushing for the for the Kings, <laughs> three and four. Like yeah. they look like a completely different team without without Fox. Um, so to me, it feels almost forgetful just because it's so early in the year and it's a bit of a minor injury. But it might also be a big deal because of just how competitive the Western Conference is and how competitive the Pacific Division is for the Kings. That they they need as many healthy bodies as they can and as many wins as they can get if they want to, you know, secure a good home court advantage again in the first round. And this time, you know, avoid a team like the Warriors in the first round. Yeah, I agree. I and I I do think this is a big deal. I mean, this is your best player. You know, Sabonis so yeah. is great, but De'Aaron Fox is your best player. And Davion Mitchell just isn't isn't it. He's not yeah. gonna be able to fill the shoes Deere and Fox had. Uh, Malik Monk has looked pretty good, um, kind of filling in in the scoring role, but he's gonna be streaky. So by the time Fox comes back, this team could be in a in a pretty decent hole. He was healthy all last year, which you know mm-hmm. made it so the Kings were able to get that three seed. So that might be out of the question if he's out for, you know, three weeks. That That's a long time. That's You're talking about maybe 10, 11 games in that span. Yeah. Maybe 10, 12 games. Um, so if they find themselves with, like, a pretty big losing record by the end of it. I, I watched them play. I can't remember who it was. I think it was the Blazers. They struggled mightily at home against the Blazers. Yeah. Um, had to go all the way to the end to beat them, overtime even. Yeah. And – that's just not going to be good enough. You know, this is, you're talking about one of the weakest teams in the league. You barely beat them. You're, all your rest mm-hmm. of your games are going to be harder than that. So, yeah, I could see this team yeah. going on a pretty bad losing streak without him. Yeah, and I think it's for – I think the Western Conference is just going to be so comp- – outside of the Nuggets, I think every team is going to be – I don't think that gap between num- number three to all the way down to maybe even number nine – Mm-hmm. is going to be big. Like, it's going to come down to just a couple few yeah. games. I mean, especially if the Rockets are going to be decent, you know? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was banking yeah. on them being, like, the worst team. But, yeah, now they're in the mix, too. And you're talking about, yeah, I guess Memphis. You know, Memphis is really your, your weak matchup at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one, Jamal Murray out through the rest of November with a hamstring injury. Ah, this is just, uh, like, a little... Soul crushing for me just because I'm such a I'm such a huge fan of this guy and Same. I really wanted to just see him put together a good regular season, but it's just these little knickknacks injuries that just keep banging him up and uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a not a big deal I think for the Nuggets I think they're gonna be just yeah. fine, but I think it's kind of a big deal for Jamal Murray in terms of like you know he just needs to sort of get again like get some rhythm get a body of work so he can get himself into the all-star game and get yes. himself the all nba <laughs> honors that i think he deserves that's what it's all about that's why this is such yeah. a big deal we want jamal murray to be an all-star so bad he deserves it he needs it for his nba resume for his career resume and this is just this is going to hurt it a lot because yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of good guards in the West, yep. man. There's a lot of good guards, and, and for Jamal Murray to have a chance at getting into that All Star game, he needed to be healthy. Because now you got freaking James Harden there in the West. Obviously, Steph and Shea are gonna take up spots. Luca's gonna take a spot. It's gonna Fox. be tough. Yeah, Fox. I mean, I mean, he's hurt too now, so I guess it's yeah. kind of even there. But 
Me. For Jamal Murray to get into this All Star game, man, he's got to he's got to play. He's just got to play, yeah. and he's got to play at the level he plays at in the playoffs. And ah, uh, I just I hope he can come back and and get in a good two months before the All Star voting happens, so that you know he can finally get that for himself. But ah, uh, so crushing. Yeah, yeah. Next one, CJ McCollum. This is a, uh, I think another big deal. This is like, soul crushing for me too. Yeah. yeah, partially collapsed lung and is out indefinitely. I think. I think if I remember correctly, he had this also a few mm-hmm. years ago, and he was yep. out. I don't was it six to eight weeks? I think I he believe. Is, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, this is this is a big deal. Both obviously because the injury is pretty seems like a scary injury, but also just the Pelicans looked for for a while last year. They 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 had the number one seed. Yeah, uh, I think I remember at the same time last year, but they held it for almost a month. Zion gets hurt and you know they fall off from there but it looks you know the talent is there uh Brandon Ingram is is healthy Zion is healthy so now for the one dude that felt like you could always rely on so far (laughs) is out it's just Uh, and he's 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 one of the most important pieces to this team to being the veteran the veteran ball handler right uh there's there's no depth behind him either like you're talking about Mm -hmm. a young guy in dyson daniels uh jordan hawkins jordan hawkins had a great game the other day by the way like 31 points and and like you said like they were they were the number one seed in the west last year for a month and same story this this year they started the year four and one they were four and one and now you get cj mccollum out and they're four and four and it's just it's so hard to see the potential that this team could have to be a contender in the West, a lot of good talent and this stuff just keeps happening to them. I mean, this, and this was something that really started at the beginning of the season too, where they had guys like Najee Marshall and Trey Murphy, you know, contributing role players on this team uh, all started the year with crippling injuries before the season even started. And so this is just compounding the continuing bad injury luck for the Pelicans and yeah, for CJ, man, it's just, it's so hard because this is a chronic thing for him now. And so you just wonder, like, is he going to be able to ever just be that player again? Yeah, yeah. I hope he can still find his way back and save the year for the Pelicans. Although just the competitiveness of the West might just make just might make that tough. But also, man, I, I, I where's Brandon Ingram, man? Like, where's, oh, why is man. Brandon Ingram? Has Brandon Ingram not taken that next he's, step he's forward? He's regressed, and, man. I mean, yeah. With Zion being there, he's he's not really the number one option but yeah he's just it, it's hard uh, he's having a hard time figuring out his role on this team yeah next guy robert williams out with a torn ac out, out for the season with a torn acl big deal and forgetful i mean i, I just mm. i hate saying this but it's like forgetful i mean there's no real i mean that sucks for robert williams um but the Blazers were not going to win or lose, you know, it wasn't going to make or break their season based off what Robert Williams did. If anything, it just shows that the Celtics dodged a bullet. You know, I think they saw the writing on the wall with Williams yeah. that these knee issues were, were always going to sort of hold them back a little bit. Yeah. Obviously he's a guy that's super talented. I mean, defensive yeah. juggernaut. And I'd say this is only a big deal in that I think Portland would have loved to move him to a contender for more yeah. assets and obviously now they cannot do that and so they'll have to wait another year get him healthy again see if he can either you know be a part of the future or or ship him out somewhere else next year so that puts that whole plan on hold but 
yeah, sucks sucks for Robert Williams, man. And this is a guy who had a really good start to his career. Hope he can recover from this and and get some meaningful playing time again. He can't be backing up DeAndre Ayton, man. Like this guy deserves to be a starter in this league. There there are not thirty centers better than him. Yeah, yeah, agree. Hot hot teams here. Pacers six and three, three game winning streak. Great win over the Bucks. Uh, I mean, the Pacers are are. I mean, when you got. Tyrese Halliburton or Miles Turner that made a huge turnaround last year. And they still have Buddy Heal. They still have Yeah, he's home still there. Head. All those he's trade rumors. There. What happened to that? Yeah. <laughs> they just everything just got oh swept under the rug, I guess. <laughs> Winning cures all, I guess. Winning cures all. I swear, man. Buddy Heald and Miles Turner have been on the trade block for like three years. And they're still both there. What is what what is the deal with that? Yeah. I don't know. But the the Pacers look look good. I mean, I think Tyrese Halliburton's taking a, a full step forward, and yeah, he, just, he's a bona fide All Star now, right? For like the next five years. Oh no, yeah, question. no, yeah, no question. Yeah, one of the top point guards in in the league. It's, I mean, at some point, I I don't know when some of these older guys, Steph Curry, starts to slow down. I think he could be right there, top three point guards. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah. Once Dame's done, once Steph's done, like Hal Burton will will definitely be in that conversation. And, and mm-hmm. would you have ever predicted that? I mean, obviously we're only eight nine games into the season, but that the Pacers would have the highest scoring offense in the league up to this point, at <laughs> <laughs> one hundred twenty six points a game. I figured they'd be a good team, but I put them. I was thinking more that they'd be close to closer to just a tier below the the Cavaliers. So. What would that fall like in the Eastern a, like Conference? A, like a high playing seed. seed, maybe even like seven, eight. Oh, I was yeah, I was thinking oh, like you seven think or that, six. Oh, like six. Okay, yeah. I mean, six would be yeah. great. That locks you yeah. in. But yeah, it's a fairly weak Eastern Conference. I think. Yeah. I think so they, they're, so they're you're you're of the belief that this isn't a bluff that the Pacers are actually going to finish the season pretty strong. I think so. Yeah. I don't. I re- I mean, I I think I don't think they're a top three team uh, in sure. the Eastern Conference. But I don't think they're that far off from where they are right now. Like, yeah, I think they're like six, six seed territory, seven seed, fifth seed, basically okay. like where the New York Knicks were last year. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, that's... I, I, I like what this team brings. <laughs> so it's it's interesting, right? Because like I feel like they make that Tyrese Halliburton trade with Sabonis was two years ago now, mm-hmm. in an effort to rebuild and make a contender, but. They found themselves in a position where Halliburton was so good, they couldn't help but like start winning games. And so now, yeah. now you're ta- you're basically where you were when you had Sabonis, right? <laughs> where you're like kind of mid to upper tier Eastern Conference team that's just not anywhere close to contending. Yeah. Well, the difference though is that the Pacers were at that point when they had a healthy victor and Sabonis right and and I think just like not having a healthy victor really killed their chances here so I think this restart is actually slightly better because you got a healthy young guard in in Halliburton which is what you were hoping you were gonna have in in Mm. victor back in those years but you just it it just never really clicked obviously because of his injuries yeah that's true it's just it's so funny that they they, like there was no rebuild at all it was just we yeah. have Halliburton instead of Sabonis, and we'll continue to try to win games. <laughs> yeah. I almost wanted to say if Miles Turner was along for that journey, was he there already? I think he was there. <laughs> a young Miles Turner. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's just been on the trade block, it's, like you said, for years. I, yeah, it's unbelievable, man. It, yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't know, the, the deals must just not have been very good. People just trying yeah. to to give him pennies on the dollar, but... Yeah, I guess he's, jo- he's thriving now. Like you're saying, he's having a good season. Yeah, jo- jokes on them. Like Miles Turner made a huge turnaround, and I'm trying to pull up his his numbers right now because I think he's he's playing pretty well for him. Yeah, 38 percent from three. He's one of the best yeah. big big man shooters in in the, yeah. in the league. Which right he's now. he's always been one of the best big man three point shooters, and he's always been one of the best shot blockers in the league. Yeah, 17 points a game. Over fifty percent shooting and thirty eight percent from three. I'd take that any day. Any day from your center, <laughs> man. That's epic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mavericks the six and two star. We've we've talked about this, but just Lucas just literally just like on fire, lighting it up. Mm-hmm. Thirty one points a game, nine assists, three rebounds, or uh, yeah, nine assists, eight. Is it eight rebounds? Nine rebounds, eight, rebounds, eight assists. Nine re- Yeah, <laughs> yeah, eight, yeah. All good to start the year. I mean. I don't know. There's always question marks with Luca. How he's the last few years, he just hasn't looked. I mean, he's always looked great basketball wise, but he's always been to the slow, sluggish starts to start the year, and it seems like he was proactive to not do that this year. Yeah, it seemed like he came in really in shape. Maybe partially because of the World Cup. I mean, yeah, he kept him in shape during the summer. And Kyrie looks pretty good, like you said, to start the season. Out for a few games with injury, but they managed to you know get through that okay. And uh, Derek Lively in the center that they drafted out of Duke, I believe. Is that is that where he's from? I think he's from Duke. He yeah. just started contributing immediately. And no no Maxi Kleber or Dwight Powell nonsense. Get a real big boy center in there. Get a nice traditional pick and roll guy for Luca to play off of, and he's. He's looked like he fits in so well. Like he's been with this team for years. And so that's going to be huge, I think, to have like a good defensive presence down low, a guy you can rely on to set good, powerful screens for Luka, just put him in space, let him do his thing. Um, and it's really made all the difference because, I mean, if you look at the other ancillary pieces of this team, like Grant Williams, Tim Hardaway Jr., there, there's really nothing exciting about like anything they're doing, no. right? It's, it's really all Luka. Kyrie's looking pretty good. Um, the defense is is improved from last year, and that's really all it's took. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they they have Josh Green there who uh, is looking pretty pretty good, and I think there's like whispers of whether he should be starting or not. I think that's like a a thing here for this team. Uh, I I was listening to this this podcast and like um, the the Zach Low post, and they're basically mm-hmm. just poking fun at the fact that like. Dwight Powell is still on this team and he never really looks like he's getting any better, but he still somehow continues to be in Dallas and, and how he might somehow end up just taking ownership equity away from Mark Cuban because for whatever reason, the Mavericks ownership just loves Dwight Powell. But <laughs> but I don't I just thought that was funny. But uh, yeah, yeah, but the shout out to the to the to the Mavericks, and they might have found something special there with Derek Lively, which is actually pretty good for this franchise because I felt like every time we previewed and talked about them last year, it was always about like where does this team actually get better from? They don't have tradable assets. Uh, <laughs> Luke Luca's just so good that he's keeping them away from the lottery. So like, where where can you possibly get any better here? You know and. Yeah. They found something with Derek Lively. There may be something there with Josh Green. So 
uh, yeah, maybe the Dal- maybe Dallas is actually going to be a little bit better than we thought. Yeah, and it, that's the thing. It's like that's they can be a contender because they have the star power between Kyrie and Luca. And if these pieces just do their jobs that they're they're there to do, just the roles that they have to be that to complement Luca and Kyrie's game, like that's all they need to do. Like you don't need a third star when you have guys that are as good as Luca and Kyrie. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh other team, Nuggets, the champs, just dominating teams, eight and one star. I mean, Jokic who who was the yeah I was a fool for thinking there was <laughs> might there might have been a slowdown in this man's game because of his quote unquote celebratory summer that I see that that's I, from the my thing the media the media <laughs> fooled us because they wanted to spin this guy as like a degaff like couldn't care less about basketball just horse owning big big un, unfit dude and yeah. the reality is. This guy is so absurd at basketball, it's not even funny. Like, yeah. he, I guarantee, he's been working his ass off this summer. Like, mm-hmm. the you hear whispers, because they don't really talk about this as much on the, on the traditional media. He yeah. practices at the same intensity that he plays at. Like, this guy works so hard, and no one talks about it, because they'd rather just think of him as this funny, nonchalant, oh, I'm just super good at this without caring about it yeah yeah when that couldn't probably it sounds like that's i mean obviously that couldn't be further that's for that couldn't be yeah. true like he's so dominant again like you said and he oh he seems to just be in fantastic shape regardless of what he looks like like <laughs> the dude doesn't break down and the dude plays yeah. the full 38 he plays honest so minutes many minutes of basketball yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously, all things aside, like, Jokic is a cheat code. He is literally changing the NBA when all things are said and done. I mean, Jokic has to go down there as, like, one of the best big men of all time, if not one of the best players of all time. Like, he's he, he looks different than what we're used to. But I think, like, again, like what we were saying at the beginning of this podcast is, like, I think we're entering a new era of basketball where the skilled, high IQ big man is – is the Chico that you need mm-hmm. on your team. And Jokic is leading that. And he's probably going to, he's probably, I'm not sure if there's going to be a better version of this player in the future, in the next <laughs> few years. Maybe, maybe it's Wemby. Yeah. Maybe who Ma- knows? Uh, yeah. Maybe I- it's Wemby. He hasn't shown it yet, but obviously Jokic wasn't Jokic from his, his rookie year also. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the guy just keeps getting better. It seems like I think this. Yeah. He's, he's had multiple games now where he's had over thirty-five points and ten rebounds already this season, uh, four mm-hmm. triple doubles, and th- he just he looks like he's on his way to his third MVP. And when you, yeah. when you talk about a guy that is going to get three MVPs, it's, I think there's only two ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to think of him as like we're going to look back on his career. And we're going to say he's a top ten player ever. That's, yeah. that's the, what we're talking about at this point. He's a champion. He has multiple MVPs. At this point, he's just working his way up the rankings, and he's going he's gonna to knock someone off of the top ten list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think some people may not dig it. Who knows? Here's something I was thinking about Jokic, though. Uh, just to, And maybe we've talked about this before. I can't remember, but Jokic does not have an, a signature shoe. <laughs> that's very true. Man. There, there's has a, a huge opportunity for that. Is there? That's the thing. Like, 
I think he's know? big enough now. Now that he's the yeah. champion and like you see him pop up in reels as just like a goofy horse owning guy, like there <laughs> there is certainly a market that would fit him perfectly. And I don't know what it is, but like th- someone has to take advantage of that. Yeah, I think it's just like the fact that like I feel like the signature shoe is sort of one of those iconic things in the nba where it's like once you get your signature shoe it's because a you're like on your way to being a superstar or you mm-hmm. are a superstar right and Which uh, he is. i think <laughs> he is a super so like devin booker has a signature shoe jaw has a signature shoe uh you know austin reeves i mean he has a signature <laughs> shoe with like a china brand but <laughs> I, I, that yeah. was more that's more of a joke <laughs> joke than seriousness but still like the fact that yo doesn't have one just 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 seems a little disrespectful to me uh, yeah, someone's got to step up, right? Does Joel Embiid he, have his own shoe? Because I he, he just signed shoe. with Skechers. Yeah, he had a shoe. Yeah, I think he had a shoe with was it Skechers or something? Yeah. Well, I thought he just signed stuff. with Skechers. Oh, he had a, he he had an Under Armour deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Joker needs his own shoe for sure. That, that's got to happen eventually. It can't. It can't not. Yeah. One one thing, one last, just one last thing about the Nuggets is Aaron Gordon. Like I think mm, this this dude, yeah, <laughs> this dude is crazy, man. Like he like on his own in a vacuum, he's just never looked like uh, anything more than just a slightly above average NBA player. But like on this team, especially to start this year, dude just looks like a cheat code. Uh, like the fact that he's on this team that he can just guard the best player, but also run the ball in transition, mm-hmm. also pop or pick and pop for shots or yeah. pick and roll to the basket. It's just it just adds a whole dimension to this team that it's just like not there with any other team. When I yeah. watch the Nuggets play, it's just crazy the different things that Mike Malone has figured out to do with Aaron Gordon. Yeah, and I think a little bit of that Aaron Gordon energy has finally rubbed off on Michael Porter Jr. too, because yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, I, I haven't looked at the numbers, but from the eye test, he's rebounding at so much of a higher rate than he ever has in his career, and it just looks like he gets after the rebounds. He has the hustle in him that you haven't really seen in years past, and I feel like that that is because of Aaron Gordon. I, he comes in, he's the vet, and he, he shows the way. And Michael Porter Jr. can have basically the same style of game. Yeah, yeah. All this, all this whole team is just like on just next next level synergy. Uh, we got to talk about the sinking teams. The Grizzlies' brutal one and seven start. Like what? What a what? what I a mean, shock. Bismack being yeah. <laughs> Bismack Biombo finds himself back in the NBA. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, a terrible the, start the, of the, the set of circumstances that had to happen for Bismack Biombo to be on this team. <laughs> I mean, Stephen Adams ha- getting injured like the day before the season starts, mm-hmm. and then you have Xavier Tillman go down, and then that's like okay. Uh, and then they already had um, like Santi Aldama, Brandon their Clark. other center, Brandon Clark out. All four of their big men out. Mm-hmm. Here in comes Bismack Biombo, and they actually won a game. <laughs> One of the the games they won was because of Bismack Biombo, the only win. <laughs> I mean, if he you talk well. about set of yeah, you want to talk about set of circumstances? I mean, <laughs> I feel like we can go through our podcast episodes where we talk about the Grizzlies and how this young team should really be looking closely at the clock of how much time they actually have <laughs> to be as good as they were. Yeah. And they didn't do that, right? Like, I mean, we talked about it when DeAnthony Melton, when they let go of mm-hmm. DeAnthony Melton. 
Yep. And then when they let go of Tyus Jones this offseason. Yep. Uh, like, there was just pieces here that they were just willing to give away because Jaw's so good, Desmond Bain is so good, Jaw, Jaron Jackson, but they needed those pieces and, like, just slowly let letting these things go, a bit of bad luck. And here you go. You got yourself an <laughs> awful start while still having some great names on your roster. Like it just, yeah. it seems so crazy that this is happening to them. Right. This is a team. I, I think we predicted that they would have a winning record by the time jaw got back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> I had them at like 14 and 11, even maybe like 13 and 12. I think you were pretty similar. Uh, yeah. They've almost gotten to that lost total in eight games. Um, yeah. And yeah, Desmond Bain. I mean, statistically, he's looked pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Hasn't? Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's improved a little bit, even. But Jaron Jackson, man, ever yeah. since the World Cup, I don't know. He just does not look like the same player anymore. He's definitely not putting up the same numbers. Uh, this and this was his opportunity to get big usage to show that he can be like that All Star caliber player, alongside just being like a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. And he just mm-hmm. regressed. I don't know what what the issue is. Yeah, this team just this team just stinks on the offensive end. They just they're stink, the worst. Yeah. They're, they're the worst <laughs> offensive team in the league. Uh, they're second to last in field goal percentage, twenty uh, fifth in three point shooting. Like it just yeah. Jer- there's not much going on. I mean, Jaron Jackson was never a big scorer, and maybe this this was his opportunity here to to really step up and be that, but he's not being that and Desmond Bain can only do so much Marcus Smart has never been an offensive player yeah there's just that Marcus Smart trades looking really bad right now I I Mm -hmm. don't I I don't think we either of us is really a fan of it I I I don't remember were you a fan of it at all when they when they made the trade I mean one (laughs) of the things we always talked about is just how undersized that backcourt was going to be when you plug in Marcus Smart and jaw both at the same time uh the the three spot also seemed like it was lacking a little bit if you were going to roll with desmond bain jaw and marcus smart like Mm -hmm. yeah that that continues to be a problem for them because they started the year and i remember i projected them to start the year with david roddy like that young guy at at small forward and Mm -hmm. he sucked (laughs) he's not a very good player And so now no. I think they're trying out Zaire Williams there. I don't think he's been very good. So that it is just a huge hole for them on that team. That even with Marcus Smart and and Bain there, not Jaw, they're already undersized. And then you're going to introduce Jaw in there, and obviously you'll win more games with Jaw. But I, yeah, it's just it's not a good roster construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. That this is kind of a stinker to you. Sorry, Williams looked like he was on his way to being a really good, solid role player. I don't know what happened here with this guy's development. He, like he's never really gotten to that level where you feel like he can contribute. Yeah, it. He looked. They just some of these guys just look so good in in spurts of minutes two years ago and last year. Uh, but this year they just all these all those guys look like garbage, and it seems like. <laughs> Maybe maybe Memphis thought that these were the guys they could bet on yeah. and bet on these guys instead of giving money to Melton and money to Tyus Jones. But what awful bets here because, yeah, those were some quality players that synced really well with what you had. And uh, and now you got yourself looking like the worst team in the NBA. 
I hate you are the s- worst team in the <laughs> yeah, NBA. Yeah, they are. Yeah, not just looking <laughs> like it, but yeah, I hate to say it, man, but this is this is another win for Dylan Brooks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that's this, another name we didn't this, bring. Yeah, this is another win go. for like man. Like way way to make us all look stupid. Like I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Good riddance. You don't need Dylan Brooks. He's holding you back. I couldn't have been more wrong. I guess I, I I'm at a loss. <laughs> yeah. This 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 would be quite the quite the entertainment. I'm sure he'd he'd love it if end of the year Memphis fin- finishes as the worst or second worst team in the West. <laughs> He's in the playoffs. Oh my gosh! Uh, knocks oh. out the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! There there's not a a higher dream scenario for Dylan Brooks. Everything's going his way right now. Yeah. He's, he's one of the what? he's one of the most efficient three point shooters in the league right now. His team has mm-hmm. a winning record, and the teams that he has beef with are sucking. <laughs> yeah. So we're still so we're still over a month away from from the return of Jaw. December sixteenth, I think, is the exact date. Uh, I don't know. What still any hope here, Sean, that they can at least get to forty five percent of winning of win no, percentage? No, they're they're gonna ha- be, it's gonna be rough. I, there's, I mean, the the only win they have is against Portland, <laughs> and they lost yep. a game against Portland too. So yeah. there, yeah, there's very little hope at this point. You're looking at pff, seven wins. Maybe you have seven <laughs> wins by the time Jaw comes back. That's what it's looking like, and that would be an improvement from what they've been doing lately. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 bad in in Memphis, man. What if I might not, I'm not gonna bring out my jaw jersey in a, in for the rest of this year. Yeah, I, don't think it's I mean, out. I'm, I might just never bring that jersey, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lake. Uh, so Lakers uh, three and five with a three game losing streak. <laughs> Anthony Davis already set to miss some games, and uh, and LeBron's minute restriction. <laughs> Just, just, just never is never going to be brought up again. I guess <laughs> was that not the dumbest thing ever? After that first game, where he just—I mean, I, I watched him play 30, 29 minutes that game. I was like, "What the hell are they doing? Like, they're going to lose this game artificially because LeBron's like a plus seven on the court, and they're like a minus fourteen without him." And then I don't think he's gone under thirty minutes the rest of the rest of the games this year. I think he's been like thirty five. Yeah, yeah. This is it's somehow like it's, uh, yeah, it's all it's all connected here. Like this f- feels like the theme of this podcast episode is Dylan Brooks and his nemesis. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Lakers here are are twenty eighth in offensive rating, so right there in the same club, sitting on the same lunch table as the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh man, just, just a god awful offense offensive showings to to come out of the gates. I mean, I guess the Lakers defense they do have a few key injuries, but I mean, I think one of the biggest slap in the faces is like. Every year it feels like this team is trending towards a good direction of finally getting some decent shooting. And then everybody sucks. <laughs> everybody just sucks. Like no one can repeat uh. the numbers that they've been that they were shooting the year prior. I don't know what is it Staples Center, the jitters that they get. But yeah, the Lakers are sh- are the worst three-point shooting team in the league. Mm. Uh, under, well below 30% from 3. And it's all across the board. D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, uh, even Christian Wood. The reason you sign him is because he's a good three-point shooting. He's been okay. But 
Gabe Vincent is oh Gabe Vincent has oh. been horrible, horrendous. <laughs> he three-point shooter. fooled you guys so hard. Yeah, what the heck happened in Miami? <laughs> like heat culture? Like what? This guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys just he, don't have heat culture, man. That's yeah, why he's like no this, good. <laughs> this guy just might have bankrupt all of LA. Like, and now he's hurt, yeah. so he's not even playing at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean the only the only reigning hope here is that Rui Hachimura when he finally Dude. comes back, and I <laughs> he think did. He's he came back, back last week. game. Oh, he, he came back. He and came he, back. He, he shot ten of fourteen from the field. He was the only bright yes. spot in that blowout loss of the Rockets. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a sign that he can continue that. Probably not. But yeah, Lakers. Lakers are not looking good. D'Angelo Russell looks like. I don't know what happened to him either. Like, what, did you just take the whole summer off after he signed that deal? (laughs) (laughs) This is like the same stuff we saw from him in the playoffs, though. Like, he just disappears. And Austin Reeves hasn't been much better. I mean, he's had a couple good games, but for the most part, he he looks very average. Very average. Yep. He's looking like like he actually got the deal that is representative yeah, of his yeah. value right now. Honestly, yeah, it's a good thing that he did not get 100 million dollars. That he is not worth that. No. No. Rob, I mean, I felt bad, but I mean this is still such a small sample size. There's got to still be something yeah. there with this Laker team. But if not then like Robert Rob Palenka has somehow managed to fleece Jenny Genie Bus's money <laughs> with the Westbrook thing. Now this with this core of dudes, like yeah, gosh. the difference is you, there was so much belief that this was gonna work, right? Like even with the yeah. Westbrook one, like so many people, probably a majority of people, were like this. There's no way this works. Yeah, and they were right. But with this uh-huh. one, it's like yeah, the Lakers they figured it out, but yeah. they're still struggling, man. It's just every year. It's it's almost like they have to have the drama as part <laughs> of being the Lakers. You know, like they can't just have a good solid season anymore it has to yeah. be a roller coaster i mean they might have even fleeced us i'm pretty sure we had them <laughs> as the biggest winner of the offseason i know we did <laughs> man we look like fools dylan brooks is okay uh yeah we're amending this to dylan brooks is the biggest winner <laughs> of the season so far <laughs> yeah uh it's wild the other one pistons two and seven six game losing streak there they're they're down a bunch of uh injuries uh Cade cunningham you know He's he's looking solid, but I don't know if he's actually like a most improved player so far. Like I don't no. see him as a finalist for it. Yeah, I'd say uh, the three guys that we mentioned before are definitely ahead of him. So mm-hmm. there's there's a very small chance that he could pass those guys at this point. He looks better though. Yeah. But the problem is that he's the number one option on this team. Yeah. And it's just not a good team. I I mean yeah. you, you've drafted like. You know, you've gotten pretty unlucky after Cade, right? Like, you you got, like, the fourth pick and the fifth pick after being, you know, the worst team. But, like, the guys you've drafted, they seem like they're pretty good. Like, Jaden Ivey seems like he can be a pretty good player. Asar Thompson, man. Yeah, I I think we're both both huge fans of Asar. The guy just looks so good out of the gates. But he's only really a role player, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So He was never known for being the, the scoring punch. No, like yeah, least, and he's I'm he's very sure. inefficient from from the field. Um, so yeah, it's just it's not so surprising that they are. You know, they had started two and one. Now they're two and seven. Not not that mm-hmm. surprising, but yeah, I don't know. That's all I have to say about the Pistons. Yeah, 
Best performances here, Joel Embiid, 17 for 25, 48 points, 11 Ugh. boards, 6 assists. That win over the Wizards, just basically just crushing that team. Joel Embiid <laughs> looking only played like MVP. Three quarters. He only played yeah. three quarters in this game. He just sat out the fourth because it was just so bad. <laughs> yeah. Then Giannis, 19 for 25, 54 points out in Mexico oh. City here, lining up the Pacers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they still lost this they game. They still but, lost the game, <laughs> which is kind of a bummer to to waste a fifty point performance from Giannis. <laughs> but that's what it is, I guess. When you when Dame's out, and uh, I mean, there's some things here too with the with the Bucks that are interesting. Like Middleton has just only been playing like seventeen minutes a game. Yeah, still Brooke, just not healed fully. That's so weird. Yeah, and uh, Brooke Lopez also just not looking super super great. Um, I mean, it's older. <laughs> yeah, it was always shaky with these eight, with these signings that the Bucks made. I don't know. I like Middleton, but I had doubts about that amount of money going to him with these knee issues he's been having. Yeah. And also bringing back Brooke Lopez, I thought was good. But to not have another option alongside him seems seems also shaky here. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. The Bucks might are showing some weakness here now that the season started, I think. Yeah, and and let's let's uh mention the head coach too. I mean, mm-hmm. I I think people are getting very skeptical of Adrian Griffin as a head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was that fallout with Terry Stotts, the assistant, right. before like, the season mm-hmm. where he just walked out. He's yeah. like, I'm done. So you know there there is some sort of conflict going on behind the scenes too. So that's gonna be something to watch. Is his system does his system work for Giannis and this team? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's going to be interesting. And, and like Giannis said multiple times before the season, this is Dame's team. I do not believe this is Dame's team in the slightest. No. This has to be Giannis's team, and he's got to have the confidence in himself and and really for this team to be like, this is my team. I want a championship with this team, not you. So you yeah. fall in line with my team and. We run the offense through me. That's how it should be. I don't care if Damian Lillard's, you know, the new kid on the block and you got to, you know, make yourself look cool for him. That's not how it works. Yeah, it is. It is kind of interesting. I think we probably should have talked about that a lot more about the coaching change here with the Bucks because you basically re-sign all of the core pieces that were important mm-hmm. to Mike Budenhauser. I mean, he I mean, Mike basically turned Brooke Lopez into a defensive player of the year candidate every year. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now, and now you bring Adrian Griffin, and to start the year, it seems like the Bucks have totally gone away from that defensive uh, first defensive mm-hmm. toughness mentality. And they're twenty six in defensive rating. I mean, Giannis too basically grew up in that in that system with Mike, and and he always was played as sort of more of a defensive first guy who just happened yeah. to be really large and fast and could also dominate on the offensive end that way, but he was defensive first. That's why Chris Middleton thrived because he he filled in that offensive gap. Right. But if you totally shift everything, but you still have these same guys, like maybe this is why Brooke Lopez is just looks so shaky and so, so, you know, non-productive out there. Yeah. Like, I think that's the problem of him being like the new assistant coach and not having the experience before is that he feels some sense of having to like make it his own thing, right? Like prove that mm-hmm. you brought me in here to get us back to the promised land and you need a change. 
So yeah. I'm going to take out the system that Mike Budenholzer put in and try something completely different. And that's a huge yeah. risk. And yeah. it, it, so far, it's it's been shaky. If they can figure it out, I mean, obviously it's early. You know, we have yeah. to continue to say that it's early. You can, you're allowed to experiment early on because you know this team's going to be in the playoffs. But yeah, it's 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 <laughs> red flags when when your assistant coach just walks out on you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this, this they still have a a winning record. Um, I think like Dame's out for a few gains, but. I'm just looking at the schedule and I'm just like, God, the East is a little pathetic this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, because yeah, all the talent moved west. You got James Harden moved west. Um, uh-huh. I guess you had Drew Holiday stay in, but yeah, there's just there's a lot more stars in the West now. Like Fred Van Fleet obviously moved over to the West. Not, yeah, not that he's like a huge deal, but yeah, this is this is crazy. Like, look at like from from today to November 22nd, the Bucks will play. The only two good teams the Bucks will play will be Dallas and Boston. The rest of the mm. schedule is Orlando, Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte, Dallas, Washington, Boston. And then they play Washington again. Oh, so, I mean, so they should go on a great streak now. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have to. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Uh, worst perf- or one more best performance. Bam out of bio, 22, 19, and 10. <sighs> two steals, two blocks. And a win against the Lakers. Yeah, the Miami that that the Miami Heat needed that win. They had yeah. they came out of the gates a bit slow, and then they kind of got jump started off that win. But yeah. also the Lakers just come on, don't <laughs> that beat that bad. Well, this is where uh, Anthony Davis didn't play in this game, right? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. obviously Bam just had no one to go against him. So he was getting all the boards. He was scoring well, just gobbling up steals and blocks and he's a great player man he, he gets underrated a lot i think but he he is such a huge part of that team yeah uh agree worst performance andrew wiggins we talked oh, about yeah. him at the top here but 22 minutes two for nine four point six rebounds two turnovers and in a warrior win against <laughs> the pistons there's the thing it's like the warriors as a team look great and it's mm-hmm. just andrew wiggins is like the oddball out for for whatever strange reason yeah, this next one I, more surprising. Damian Lillard, I and mean, he's he's had a rough start with Milwaukee. We talked kind of talked about that a little bit. Yeah. But two for twelve, six points. Which I I can't remember the last time Damian Lillard had six points in a uh-huh. game. That's that's got a broken a huge streak for him, uh, along with four rebounds and five assists and six turnovers to go with that horrible stat line in a <laughs> loss to the Hawks. So been yeah. a lot tougher for Dame than I thought. I thought this would just be a slam dunk for him, honestly. Like, I thought he'd be mm-hmm. getting easy buckets. Giannis would open up so much for him in the pick-and-roll game. He's struggling, man. Like, he, he looks like a much worse player. And I don't know if it's just age or if it's the system or a combination of everything, but it is a little concerning that we're seeing Dame uh, regress. Yeah, I think it might just might just be like the introduction to a new team i I, he'll figure it out i think i don't know if i'm ready to hit the panic button on it yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah not quite yet we'll we'll see yeah maybe a couple more weeks we'll give him yeah i know you're you're sort of panicking i'm a little little impatient (laughs) (laughs) i think he'll figure it out uh patrick williams though man this dude i'm so tired of hearing this man's (laughs) name why is his name yeah. always coming up? Like twenty five minutes He's 0 for good. six. Yeah, this guy was never a good player. I just don't know why. Sh- why he was always brought up as like a sleeper pick or a dude that's about to break out. 
Yeah, the Never. Patrick Williams days with Chicago are, are, should be like they should try to figure out how to package him plus someone else and just get some decent picks back. Yeah, yeah, I think I cut you off on that stat line, but in that twenty-five minutes, zero of six, zero points, three fouls, two turnovers, and a loss. This is a guy that right before the season started, it was reported that his agent wanted to get him a hundred million dollar contract for four years. This no way. It's the biggest joke I've ever heard in my entire life. That that is just so that that would be that would be the biggest finesse in the history of the NBA. Like more than Harrison Barnes, more than Davis Bertans, this would be this would take the cake. Like if you're paying yeah. a guy twenty five million dollars a year to do this, it's not like he's doing much better than this on a regular basis. Like yeah. he's probably averaging like four points a game, and he does he's not doing much on the defensive end, and they have a losing record, so he's clearly not contributing to winning. Yeah, he's he he should not he should be at best like a minimum contract tenth guy off the bench at this point. <laughs> yeah i i think i think so uh biggest finesse in u.s history maybe like that's a pretty <laughs> big number <laughs> that would be absurd i, I mean it, if he does if he gets that i will not hold it against him good for him he finessed the hell out of some team some team just totally took the bait yeah i mean the federal doj might jump in and investigate <laughs> like what the heck has happened there for this man <laughs> to get this much cash i know um, so, yeah. Well, final thoughts to close out the podcast here. We've, we haven't mentioned this at all, but the in-season tournament, it's happened. Yeah. It started. Uh, the question is, does does anyone care, really? <laughs> I, I just don't seem to really care much about it. The courts look cool. Yeah. I, I, but the jerseys I don't know are guy, neat. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's actually playing any harder. It just all just seems so confusing, and there's a lot of mark. Uh, clearly, a lot of marketing dollars being spent to promote this thing, and maybe yeah. it'll get better and more interesting once the knockout stages start. But for now, it just seems like uh, a super gimmicky ploy <laughs> with just fan, with just brighter colors, uh, strobe lights to get you to pay attention. But at the end of the day, it's just the same thing. Yeah, and I thought I understood it before the season started. I was like, okay, yeah, like they're just going to have regular season games be played as like in-season tournament games, quote-unquote. And, you know, they'll have one extra game for the two teams that make it all the way. But I didn't realize, one, that these tournament games, quote-unquote, were going to start like five games into the season. I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, it's starting already? Like, we barely started the season. And then I didn't also realize that they weren't consecutive. Like, you play an in-season game, in-season tournament game, and then you just go back to playing normal games until, like, what, a week later. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I have no idea how this actually works. And so, uh, yeah, as far as the game competitiveness, I do think there was a few good games that I remember. I I think it was the – Maybe the Knicks game. God, I see so many Knicks games. So annoying. Yeah. And uh, the Golden State OKC game, where it was like Mm -hmm. 141 to 139. And I think it was Steph had the game winner for that one. That was a really good game. I don't know if it was because it was an in-season tournament game, though, or if that's just how it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, there have been some good games. So we'll see. I mean, I think the Lakers and Suns have an in-season game coming up. We'll see how that one goes. Maybe that'll be fun. Bradley Beal's finally back. Um, yeah. I don't think Booker's back yet, but that AD might not even play, so it might not even be that good of a game. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, I'll reserve full judgment until we actually see a few more of these things happen. Yeah, the consecutive game thing was also really bizarre to me. Yeah, I, I was also like, was this at the end of it. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, you just you you play one, a game on a Saturday or on a Friday that counts towards your group play record, uh, and then and then you go into the weekdays. And those are not in season two. Right? Games. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. Like you have yeah, to it's... go shift. Or you're supposed to shift from having like a oh this means more, oh this game means less. Like yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, and then and then yeah, I think true judgment will be more sound. Like I like I said, like I think once the knockout stage happens, which is going to yeah. be a full week of games, back to back games, uh, and then a final at the end of the week. So see how that goes. But so far. It almost seems like I could, if there wasn't for all the marketing that's been spent, like again, like I said, ads and, and reminders, yeah. I would have forgotten this thing. Like I would have been right. hyped for it last week when it started, and then I would have just forgot about it. Yeah, the, the the best thing it has going for it, like you said, is the courts. Like the mm-hmm. the art they have for for the floor is really nice, and it does make it feel special. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'd even know if it was an in-season tournament game if it wasn't for the court, honestly. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the best thing they've done so far. Um, outside of that, don't care yet. Maybe that'll change in the knockouts. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's all we got. But uh, thanks, everybody, for checking us out. We'll be continuing to break down the season week in and week out. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah.